Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. Let's open our Bibles to starting. We're going to go to Second uh, Corinthians, and Pastor talked to some on this on Thursday night. And so I'm going to go back to a couple of things in here because we are in spiritual warfare. We are in a war. We're in a, a war for the things of God. We're in a war for rule and to reign in our nation, in our hearts, in our churches. Oh, in our churches, you'd think that, that what God says would be foremost in the mind of the body of Christ, but there's so many things that churches are afraid to talk about. Churches are afraid that if they say certain things that they'll lose their congregation, and we've got to come into that place that we fear God more than we fear man, that we get in that place and that we're bold in the things of God and we stand up for what is right, and the fear of God is in our lives. You know, we're not going to answer to anybody but the Lord someday. Someday all of us are going to stand before God. Get a revelation of this. You are going to stand before God, and you're going to stand there by yourself. There will not, your husband will not be standing there. Your wife will not be standing there. Your friends will not be standing there. It'll be you and God alone. And you're going to have to answer for how you stood on this earth and what you did, what you believed, and what you stood for. We're, we're going to have, you know, that day. And so what we do here on earth in this hour is very important. And sometimes we think that we can live our lives and do our own thing. But I'm here to let you know and encourage you, what we do now counts. And we are the church of the living God. And we are in that place that we have to rise up and let our voices be heard in this hour and not to back down. Amen? And so I just wanted to start with that just to make you aware. People, I mean, so many people don't even know we're in war. They don't even understand that we're in war. They just think, you know, life is case sirrah, sirrah. Whatever will be, will be. No. We are here on this earth to make a difference. We are here on this earth to raise our voices and stand up for what's right in the sight of God. Amen? So... Y'all got that free. That's not in my notes. Hallelujah. So you never know what's going to come out. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm always interested to hear what I'm going to say. <laughs> I mean, I, I never know. I can come with a plan, and it can just get washed out. But I, I believe what I have this morning is from the Lord, and I believe that he's going to speak to our hearts and uh, cause what God's put in us to come, come out of us. So in 2 Corinthians... 10, let's start with verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. That needs to be a revelation (laughs) because people think we are warring in the flesh, and so we war in the flesh more than we war in the spirit. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the Through God, through God. I'll tell you, our weapons are mighty through God. This is not in our own strength and in our own ability, but it's through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, 
casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I want us to think about that. So if you were in a natural war, if you were going in a natural war, Destiny, step here. Step up here for a second. If you were in a natural war and you were fighting one and one another, come on. You can do this, girl. You're going to fight me. <laughs> here we are in a war with each other, fighting one another. But if I can persuade her, if I can get her on my side, if I can take her captive. Now, I've got her captive, okay? That means if she's captive... She's in that place that I have an opportunity to turn it around, right? So if I, I get in here and I, and I just tell her, you know, Jesus is the right way. We need to do what's right in the sight of God. And she gets in agreement with that, right? Now she's going to war with me, right? That's what it means when you take every thought into captivity. You want that, you want that thought to be turned on the head of the enemy, you want to take that thought into captivity. You want to get a hold of that thought and turn it around. Thank you. Y'all get that? So that's really what it means. You are taking those thoughts that are contrary to the Word of God, contrary to what God's saying, and you're turning it around. You ever argue in your head? All of us argue in our heads. And you know you've got those, those thoughts that are God's thoughts, and then you've got those thoughts that are not God's thoughts, right? If we don't take into captivity those thoughts that are contrary to the Word of God, then they're going to war against us. But if we captivate them and we turn it in, if we're, if we're arguing in our minds over uh, what somebody did to us, if we'll take that into captivity and turn it into a blessing, then that thought comes into the obedience of God, right? It comes into that place. And so our strength in spiritual warfare is no greater than our ability to control our thoughts. And if we ever get to the place that we begin to really control our thoughts, we're going to have victory. Because then we're going to think like God. And when we think like God, we're going to release things on the inside of us that need to come out. So we are in that war. Now, God has a strange way of fighting battles and winning. He doesn't fight battles in the same way that you and I fight battles. But we're going to learn how to war with God. Amen? And so, when you send a choir out, when you send, can you see if we're going to go fight Al-Qaeda? Oh, we're going to go fight Al-Qaeda. Let's send Destiny and the whole praise and worship team out there. Let's send them out there to fight a war. This is what God's telling us to do. Send the praise and worship out there. Now, the other side, they have all sorts of weapons. They have warfare out there, and they know how to fight. But what are we doing? Oh, we're sending the praise and worship team out there, and we're sending them out there to sing, Praise the Lord for the mercy of, of the Lord endures forever. Glory to God. That's our warfare. Well, it looks crazy. But it's way God does war. 
God has different ways to do war, and we have to learn how to do war. We have to be creative enough to hear from heaven and then bold enough to do what he says. Amen? I mean, just think about the praise and worship leaders that went out when the king sent them out to go to war. What do you think they thought? What do you mean we're going to go out and worship God? Those are real ammunition out there. Those are real warriors. But God said, God said, God said, this is the way we're going to do war today, this time. Amen? And then when, when uh, Israel came up against the Amicites and the Moabites and all the ites, and they're out there, and the Lord says, now this is how you're going to go. This is how you're going to do war. You're going to send Joshua on the battlefield. And Moses said, now I'm going to go up. And I'm going to lift up a rod, and I'm going to hold up my hands. And when my hands are up and the rod's up, we're winning the war. Really? Holding your hands up and a rod, and you're going to win the war? And every time that his hands were up, they won. But if his hands began to go down, they began to lose. Now, how does that work? It's obedience. It's doing what God said. Take your thoughts into captivity. Obey what God is saying. Then another way of war. I'm telling you, God does war strange ways. He sent Elijah. Here comes all the army, and Elijah's standing there, and Elijah prays that the army will be blinded, and they get blinded, and he takes them to the king. And the king says, oh, boy, we got them now. We're going to get to kill them. And Elijah says, no, feed him. How do you win a war feeding him? How do you do that? Because it's your obedience to what God is saying, and it's your obedience to what God wants us to do. Amen? That's how you win wars, by obeying God and listening to what he is saying. Now, let's turn our Bibles to Zechariah. I'm telling you, I wanted to share that with you because God does war different than we do war. So in Zechariah chapter 1, we're going to start reading in verse 18. Then lifted up my eyes and saw, and behold, four horns. Now this is Zechariah, the prophet, and he's having, a, he's having a vision. He's seeing something, and he sees these four horns. And he says unto the angel that talked with him, what are these? He wanted to know, what are these four horns? And he answered me, these are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. And the Lord showed me four carpenters. Then said I, what come these to do? What do and can you just imagine? He sees the four horns, and then he sees these carpenters, and he's saying, what are they here for? What can they possibly do? And he said... These are the horns which have scattered Judah, so that no man lifted up his head. But these are come to fray or terrify them, to cast out the horns of the Gentiles, which lifted up their horn over the land of Judah to scatter it. So here, Zechariah is having a vision, and he's seeing these four horns. Now, when you, you look at the horns, horns mean strength and power. Four when you see four, it's a global word. Normally, four is meant for a global word. It's north, south, east, and west. And so here he is seeing these, 
these four horns up there, and he's trying to figure out what it is. Well, if you think about it for today, if you think about this today, what is going on in the world today, not just in one nation, not just in two nations, but the nations of the world, there is a global pandemic. There is a global upright. There is a global mess that is going on. And God is saying uh, to Zechariah, or the angel of the Lord is saying to Zechariah, look at these four horns, look at these powers, look what's going on here. Those four horns, the realm of darkness has come, and it says for two things, to scatter the people of God and to scatter them so that they can no longer lift up their head. Well, I look around today and I think this is where we are. This global pandemic, this thing that is going on in the earth today is here to scatter the people, the people of God, and we have been scattered. We're in a place, how many people are in church today and not in church? I mean, I look around and I, I look at this house and there's people that have not come back since, you know, last year. They have not opened the doors of a church yet. They haven't come back to church. They're being scattered by fear. They're being scattered by these four horns, by these four powers. This, you know, pandemic comes from the very pit of hell. That's where it's from. And it is designed to scatter the church and to get the church to where our heads are down. Here we are full of the power of God. Here we are, people that are supposed to know the Word of God, have the power on the inside of us, created in the image of God, and yet the church looks like it's bowed down, it's down, it's scattered, and it's trying to separate and divide the church. Well, I would say it's done a good job. Amen? Amen. Or oh me. Of course, you're in here this morning, but (laughs) I'm just saying, if you look around at the natural church, at the body of Christ, Churches are empty because people are fearful to come to church. Now, how long do we stay in that condition? And so here the angel gives this crazy answer. And we look at it and it says in verse 20, and the Lord showed me four carpenters. Well, first of all, I want to step back just a minute. I want us to open our Bibles up to Hebrews or turn over to Hebrews and keep your finger in Zechariah because I want to make a couple more comments here before I go on. And I'm going to read out of the Passion Bible in verse 25. Hebrews 10, verse 25. Now listen what it said. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing. Hello, is this not where we are? In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning, as we anticipate. We are living in the last of the last days, and this is not the time to separate. This is not the time to be divided. This is the time to come together. 
and be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We've got to come together corporately. We've got to come together in unity as the body of Christ and quit making excuses of why we can't come to church or why we can't do this. We are going to have to learn to fight together and not against one another. And, you know, I really believe this with all my heart. God is bringing the streams of the body of Christ together to war together, to come together, to fight, to stand, and to be bold and encourage and strengthen one another in the love of God and and in the fear of God and standing strong in this hour. Be the church of the living God. And let's get away with our excuses. Let's get away with why we can't do something. And let's come into the unity of faith and be strong so that we can conquer this global pandemic that is tearing people apart. These four horns, the powers of darkness that have come to destroy the church. So it says, that's what it says in Hebrews. And so back to Zechariah, and we're going to, you might keep your finger in Hebrews because we'll go back and look at something. So in verse 20, God's answer And the Lord showed me four carpenters, artists, craftsmen, skilled people. That's what God showed him. Now, how does a craftsman, how does an artist, how does a a singer, how, how do these come against the powers of darkness? They've come to create. They've come with the answer for this craziness, this insanity that is going on. The enemy fights to scatter and to take our identity. That is exactly what's going on today. To take the identity that we are identified in Christ. We are identified with Jesus. We are identified with God. And they're trying to strip our identity and scatter this and separate us so that we don't even know who we are as the body of Christ. We've got men that think they're women, and women that think they're men. And in the body of Christ, there's people that think that's okay. Now, yes, do we need to have compassion? These people need help. They are confused, and they need our help. They need what we have, but we cannot be compassionate with the devil. Make that clear in your heart. This is a demonic attack on people, to separate and divide, to come against what God stands for, to come against what's right in the sight of God, to come against God's people and to separate them. And we've got to to stand against this global insanity that's released into the earth. And God says it's through the the artist. It's through the creativity. It's through the skilled laborers. It's through those people that he wants to show his power. It's through different ways of warfare that we may not have ever known before, but he wants to release the creativity on the inside of us that will bring solutions, that will bring resolutions into situations, that will bring God's creativity that he placed on the inside of you and I, that it'll come out in power and it'll change your situation. Amen? You know, the, the one thing, one thing will stop this global insanity, and it's called the church. 
That is the greatest defense against global insanity. It's the church of the living God coming into their original creative being, coming back into that place that they know who they are in Christ, that they come up into that place that they can destroy the powers of darkness. And so he called, God called for the craftsmen. And the craftsmen, it means not just workers of wood or arts, singers, writers. There's so much in an artist. There's so much uh, creativity in each and every person that is in the body of Christ. And we have been lulled to sleep. We've been in that place that we do not have our creative uh, abilities coming out like they need to come out. And God is calling for the artist expression to come out. He's calling for the artistic talents and gifts and creativity on the inside of every person in the body of Christ to come forth in this hour to destroy the plans of the enemy. And the enemy has lulled us to sleep, put us bent down, put us in that place that we can no longer stand and fight. But I'm telling you, God's awakening. That's what this awakening is about. It's awakening the creativity on the inside of you. It's, wa- it's waking up the artist on the inside of you. It's waking up what God has put on each and every person to come alive, begin, begin to be active, begin to be creative again. So there was a study done, and it was called The Breakpoint and Beyond. So they studied geniuses, creativity and geniuses, and there were 1,600 students between the ages of three and five that they uh, did uh, test on to see what their creative genius was on the inside of them. And when they did it, they, re- they found that 98% of three to five-year-olds had creativity on the inside of them. 98% of creativity was on 1,600 three to five-year-olds. And then five years later, they did the same 1,600 students, and they took 10-year-olds to see where they were, and only 30% still had creative genius on the inside of them. Think about that. That's a huge loss from 98% to 30%. And five years later, when they were 15, the same 1,600 students that started out three to five with 98% creative genius on the inside of them, by the time they were 15 years old, 10%. 10%, what happened? The study proved that non-creativity is learned. So we had to learn how not to be creative. We had to learn through the opinions and values and beliefs of other people, how creativity didn't work. We lost our imaginations. We went uh, along that place that we no longer imagined, we no longer dreamed. It was stolen from us through the things of the world, the things that are around us. They did a study of, now listen to this, 280,000 adults. I did this study on creativity, 2%. Now, what, what does that say to us? That we have lost 
that creativity that God himself put on the inside of us, the creator of heaven and earth, put creativity on the inside of us, and through the process of life, we lose creativity. It said, he said that uh, one of the things that they find with older adults, of uh, us that are older, I'm going to talk about the older adults, not my age, older Older adults, those older ones, that they had one regret. And that regret was they didn't have that creativity. They didn't get to fulfill their dreams because it was stolen from them, came against them. They were cowered down. They were bowed down. That's what the enemy came to do. But you know what? That five-year-old creativity is still on the inside of you. And that's why Pastor wanted me to reteach this. Because he wants, we are believing for breakthroughs. You know, Pastor and I have been saying to each other on a regular basis, we are creative geniuses. We're releasing that creativity on the inside of us. We're going to allow our thinking to become creative and get ourselves out of the box. Amen? I want out of the box. I want out of that place, you know, where I think creatively. You know, we get free from sin. I believe we're free from sin. We know certain things we're not going to do. We're going to obey God, you know. But where's our creative thinking at? Where is it gone? You know, we are, we are, every one of us are uniquely designed. Every one of us. All of us are different. God made, as you know, there are no two sets of fingerprints that any, no, no one has the same fingerprints. Well, that's pretty creative, isn't it? And now God did that. If he can do that, what can he do with us? If we'll just dream again, let our imaginations, let that creativity that's on the inside of us. But, you know, when it starts rising up, we just set it down. We just look at it and say, well, I couldn't do that. We get that negative thought. We need to take those thoughts into captivity. We need to get those thoughts out of our head and out of our mind and and get the mind of Christ. He's given us his mind. He's given us his thoughts. He's given those things. He's imparted it on the inside of us. But we ourselves put a box around us that we cannot be creative. And yet we are the answer to this world. Amen. Amen. The answer of the Lord to this global insanity was four craftsmen. That's amazing. But they refused to bow their knees to the insanity and and they allowed the expression of Christ to come through them. They allowed that anointing. They allowed what God put on the inside of them. They allowed that creativity to come out of them and they didn't stop it. And that's what God said. The answer to the four horns, the answer to this global insanity is for the craftsmen to come alive, for them to come to that place that they are arising to the occasion and they're letting creativity come out of them. They've got solutions on the inside of them. You you have no idea what's on the inside of you until you start allowing God to create in you and let that come out of you. You could solve problems. 
I mean, you could solve things. I mean, you could be, you know, the answer to the next uh, whatever, whatever's going on. You could be the answer to somebody that's having a problem with trying to figure out if they're a man or a woman. And what if God sent them across your path and you had a creative idea that shook them and brought in that answer because you allowed creativity to come out of you? Think about it. Think about it. He said these craftsmen can disarm the powers of darkness. He said he called for the craftsmen to come and terrify the four horns. That's what he said. It's letting God's answer come through you. But we're so fearful. We're so in that place. Afraid to use our giftings, afraid to use what God's put on the inside of us, stifled by the enemy in that place that we are bowed down. Now, let's look at, think about the story of Solomon and when the Queen of Sheba was moved by everything that she saw. Now, she stood before Solomon. And she listened, and the scripture says that she asked him hard questions. She asked him, I don't know what the hard questions were, but she asked him hard questions, and he gave the wisdom of God every time. It, it spoke to her. It, it uh, gave her revelation. It gave her insight. But what really got to her was when she started looking around, And what did she see? She saw the way the servants were. She saw the place settings on the table. What she saw was excellence, creativity, and everything that was going on. It was speaking to her. And then what impressed her was the stairs that went up from from Solomon's house to the house of the Lord. And she saw those stairs. She made comments on stairs. It got her attention, something that an artist did. And so one day before she came, Solomon wanted stairs, and he wanted the stairs to go up to the house of God. So, well, who did he call? He called a craftsman. He called somebody that had a gift, and he said, this is what I want. How can we do it? And he brought somebody that knew stains and knew woods and and knew how to do it and could create it, and it changed a woman's life. Something as simple as that, creativity came out. And creativity brought to the Queen of Sheba a fact about God. She saw God in all of that. She saw God in what was going on. And and she said, the God of Israel, it's the wisdom of God. It made a difference in her life. Amen? Something like that made a difference. That creativity that came out. Create means to cause to come into being a form out of nothing. You got that. You got that creativity on the inside of you. I've got that creativity on the inside of me. I have on the inside of me a form that I can create out of nothing. I can create something. 
if I believe God. Something unique that would not naturally evoke. That's on the inside of us. Creativity means the use of the imagination of original ideas. You know, sometimes we think God has no more ideas because we don't think we have any ideas, right? God creates all the time. He's a creator. Do you think he's sitting up in heaven thinking, I guess I've done everything I can ever do? That's what we think sometimes. We think there's no creative ideas left. I'm telling you, we haven't even tapped in to the wisdom of God and what God has for this hour and how God can use us and how he can, he can stop the powers of darkness through creativity, through the wisdom of God. He can come against this global insanity that is going on. He has an answer to everything, and he wants to use his body. Amen? Amen? He wants to bring that creativity out in every one of us. The creativity is the act of turning new and imaginary ideas into reality. That's what needs to come forth. I believe people in here, you've had witty ideas, you've had ideas, you've had thinkings. But yet, could this really work? You talk yourself out of your creativity. You put yourself in that place that, how could God use me? How could that be? No, we've got the answers. We've got to let our imagination, we've got to think the way God thinks. We've got to take the limits, take ourselves out of that box, take ourselves out of that place that it's all about us. It's not about you. It's about him in you. It's about his wisdom, his ideas, his creativity that he's put on the inside of you coming out of you and you having the boldness and the courage to operate in that, to move in that, to step out in that, get out of the limitations Oh, I don't know about you, but I've been meditating and thinking, and I'm thinking, boy, have I limited myself. Have I put myself in my own box? Sometimes it's not even the world putting you in a box. Sometimes it's our own thinking that puts us in a box and puts the limits on what God wants to do. You know, he said in the Psalms, it says that the children of Israel limited the Holy One of Israel. How did they limit them? In their thinking. And we started out with what? Take every thought into captivity. Quit warring against yourself. You sometimes we blame it on the devil, but we don't even need the devil. Sometimes it's our own thoughts and our own imaginations and the old values and the old things that people that we should be free of that created our world, took that creativity away. We still allow that to be an old record player going on and on and on and on. Well, unplug the record player. <laughs> it's real simple to do. You don't want to hear something, turn it off. <laughs> right? Hallelujah. It's pretty simple, but we make it complicated. And I'm not preaching at you. I just want you to know I'm preaching to me. Because I need to do the same thing. I need to see myself. I need to see myself as one of those craftsmen that has an answer. One of those people that God wants to use in this hour. That God wants to raise me up and God wants to use me to make a difference. Well, that's the same with you. Amen? Amen. 
He wants us to solve problems in a new way, innovative and fresh ideas. Do you know heaven's full of them? He's full of innovation. He's full of fresh ideas. I hear people say sometimes, you know, everything's been done that needs to be done. Well, baloney. There's a lot more that needs to be done. We just need to dream different. We need to think different. We need to cut some old thoughts off and get in that place and say, God, give me your creativity. Give me your creative ideas. Give me your wisdom. God, open my eyes up that I can see what you want in this hour, that I can step over. God wants to release that into our lives, but we've got to get in that place that we believe that and we're going to dream different. We're not going to look like the world. We're not going to dress like the world. We're going to look like the kingdom of God. Amen? we got to approach life differently than we've ever approached it before. we got to tap into the mysteries of God that brings the solutions for humanity. That's our job. There's mysteries. The whole Bible talks about the mysteries of God. Well, they're not mysteries to the church. They're mysteries to the world. We are to tap into the mysteries of God. We're to tap in the creative ability of God that brings resolutions, that brings solutions, that brings people and sets them free. You know, we talk about signs, wonders, and miracles, and we limit it to healing. But there's so much more to that. There's so much more that God wants to do in this hour, and he wants to use his body. I don't want it to go to the next generation. I want to participate. I want to be a part. I want to think like God thinks. I want to be in that place that I'm, I can solve problems. That I step, I step in to the grace of God. And when I step into that grace, I'm revealing who my Father in heaven is. I'm revealing who he is to this orphan world out here that doesn't have a father. His Father is God in heaven. I want to reveal that, and I can reveal that through creativity. I can reveal that by letting what God has on the inside of me, letting it come out and touch this insane world, which means I need to change my thinking. Amen? Amen. You know, look at something in Genesis chapter 1. So simple, so very simple. God is bringing the church out of captivity into the power that God intended it to be. God still has innovative ideas with witty inventions. He is still creating, and he wants to use us. Now look what it says. Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth, right? And the earth was without form, void, dark, was upon the face of the deep. It says God created. God made new conditions and circumstances. He transformed. He looked into a chaotic world. Come on now. He looked at a chaotic world. What are we looking at? A chaotic world right now. God looked at this chaotic world, and it says he created. Four craftsmen, they created solutions 
resolutions, transformation, change. God created. He looked at chaos and created. The church is looking at chaos and they're hiding. The church is looking at the chaos thinking, what can we do? Well, we can't do anything, but the creativity of God, the creator that lives on the inside of us can make a difference. If we'll draw on it, if we'll go on the inside of it, if we'll trust what God did, God created all through the word. You see, God created. God did it. He was never moved by chaos, and he didn't let chaos move him. He went in, and he changed, transformed, brought in new conditions. That's what he did to a chaotic world. Well, we've got that creative being on the inside of us. We've got it. We, have, we need to stop allowing where we've been to tell us why we can't do something. We need to stop it. We need to just put a stop to what has stopped us. And we've got to say no more. I am going to speak creativity out of me. I'm going to get it out. That's why, you know, Pastor had me bring this message again. Because you can hear it once, and it can just go in one ear, out the other. A few days later, you lose it, you forget it. You get about doing everything, everything except what God wants you to do. You have your routines. You get up in the morning. You drink your coffee, and you go out about your day. And you don't think about what God has on the inside of you. And we keep letting the world put us in this box and keep us from what God has. 2% of 280,000 adults. Well, where would we be in that? Would we be in the same place? I probably would. And I'll admit it, but I'm changing. I'm in a place that I am allowing that creativity to come out of me and get me in that place that God wants me to be. So back in... Hebrews chapter 10, I want to read something else to you. In the Passion Bible, in verse 24, it says, Discover, I love this, discover creative ways to encourage others. What are we talking about? Creativity. Discover creative ways. Who's going to have to discover we are. We are going to have to go to God and ask him, how do we come with creative ways to encourage others, to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expression of love? What is that doing? That is letting that creativity, the love of God, come out of you with answers, with solutions that minister to people, that help people, that get them out of the old lifestyle, that get them out of the rut and into moving into God, moving into that creative being, moving into that place that you are loosing heaven on earth. That's what we're to do, right? Do you, again, do you think that heaven has used everything that it has to change a world? No way. 
And he is wanting us to tap into that. Jesus said, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The kingdom of God to come. Well, that's creativity. Come on. That sings in heaven that he's trying to get in earth, and we're resisting it because of the mindset. And so we haven't taken those thoughts into captivity. We sell ourselves short. I just heard that. We sell ourselves short. You don't help. You don't even need help anymore. Most adults don't need help anymore putting yourself down. You do a good job. Mm, That bites, doesn't it? But it's truth, and truth sets us free, right? And we've got to come into that place that we we go, that's right. I admit it. I, I allow that to produce wrong thoughts. You gotta admit that. I put I, I put myself down. And therefore I'm stopping my creativity. Therefore I'm not allowing it to produce what God wants it to produce. Amen. I probably have not smiled, have I? <laughs> I forgot to smile. Okay, I'm going to give my smile offering just to make sure I'm not bad at anybody. So, here's my smile offering so that y'all know that I'm not mad at anybody. (laughs) Got it? Okay. Yay, thank you very much on the back row. Hallelujah. Sometimes I do. I get passionate, and I forget to smile. And he'll tell me to smile, so I'm smiling. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just trying to get you stirred up into that place that you're opening up and allowing that creativity that will stop the powers of darkness, stop this pandemic, stop this global insanity. And I just heard somebody say, well, how could I do that? I'm not anybody. No, it's not about you. It has nothing to do. It's about his creative ability coming out of you. He called for four craftsmen. What if they had thought, what can we do? We're just four against a world. Yeah, but it's you and Jesus. Don't you think he has enough power? Enough creativity? He's just saying to the church, wake up. Come on, you can do this. Age has nothing to do with it. Creativity is to come out of all of us. That five-year-old is to come out of all of us. That little child on the inside of you, that one that dreamed, that one that thought nothing was impossible, Do you remember when you were a kid, you know, man, my daddy couldn't do anything wrong. I mean, he was just the greatest thing that ever happened. And I believe if he told me something, he was going to do it. 
My daddy could protect me from anybody. My daddy could keep me. I believed what he said. And somehow, when God says it, our Heavenly Father that truly can do everything, we doubt him. Now, when I was a teenager, I was sure my dad was wrong. He didn't know anything the time I became a teenager. What happened? (laughs) Influence from peers. Influence from circumstances. And all of a sudden, my brilliant father just didn't know anything. What was it doing? Stifling. Shutting down. Putting down. And we got in the habit of that. Thinking that way. In that place that we weren't thinking right, weren't dreaming right, weren't allowing what God had, weren't allowing these things to come out. We got in a habit. Well, we got to break it. Got to break that habit. Get into thinking like God thinks. And when God says it, he's going to do it. But he is not going to do it without you. He told the praise and worship team, to go out first. What if they just didn't go? What if they said, that didn't make sense to me. That doesn't compute. I'm fearful. What if they'd done that? What would have happened to Israel? He wanted to use the people. He was looking for, all God's looking for is the obedience He'll do the rest. Because when the praise and worship team was obedient and they went out, all of a sudden there were ambushments set and those ites went and attacked together the Syrians and then they turned on each other. That only happens when we obey. That only happens when we allow what God puts on the inside of us to come out. It doesn't have to make sense to your head. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.